0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Citizens. We are going to be doing things a little differently in that it's just me, Sean. Uh, Starting this thing I'm going to be calling a special feature. It's going to be under 20-minute, short episodes, just one person discussing a film. Uh, I wish I had a film I liked better to start this off with. I'm going to be covering 2019's The Lodge. It's an hour and 48-minute film, and I've got the IMDb open, so let me just get you the info here. Directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, also written by those two, as well as Sergio Kaski, Starring Riley Keough as Grace, Jaden Martell as Aiden Hall, Liam McHugh as Mia Hall, and Richard Armitage as Richard Hall. So where to begin? This was one of the last films I saw in the theater uh, before COVID uh, really took hold. The other one was Underwater, but that's neither here nor there. And I remembered liking this film the first time I saw it. And I had liked it so much, I brought it up to Brian. Let's cover it, right? And Brian sees the movie, and he says he's underwhelmed with it. And I'm a contrarian, listeners, so my natural reaction was to think, well, you're wrong, because that's just how I think sometimes. Um, but it had been on my mind to re-watch this film, because I wasn't sure where I stood on it, because I trust Brian's opinion. So I went back and watched it tonight. And I have to say, <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, Brian was right. It's a very underwhelming film uh, especially on a second viewing, but I'm gonna do a, uh, a brief sort of, um, chronological description, uh, full spoilers going ahead, so, uh, please watch the movie before seeing this, unless you don't plan on watching it, in that case, who gives a shit, but anyway, so, oh, and this film also has Alicia Silverstone, I guess let's start with that, um, I really like the direction that Alicia Silverstone's career has gone as of late, she's had, like, a lot of bit parts in indie movies, but, I don't know, every time I see her, she does a she has a decent performance, and it's, it's pretty nice, and honestly, I'd say the thing about this film is the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes, I think, are the best parts of the movie, and I do think those hold up, and I have to say, I don't have the name in front of me right now, but the cinematography is great, um, sound design is okay, um, Hammer, by the way, put out this film, as well as uh, Neon, so no matter what my opinion is on the film, it's nice to see Hammer putting out new horror. I mean that's really great. But anyway, so the plot is basically, and let me get at least Silverstone's name. Um, Laura Hall, played by Silverstone, is uh, this mother, and she's going through a separation with Richard Hall, Richard Armitage, and uh, they have two kids, obviously Mia and Aiden. And uh, we start with we start with Laura taking the kids to see her husband, and she tells the kids to go outside and play, so Laura meets up with Richard. Richard says he's going to finalize the divorce, and that he is actually going to remarry the girl that he is dating, who, by the way, is significantly younger. This would be Grace, <clears throat> excuse me, who has no last name, played by Riley K- Ke- I can't pronounce it, I'm sorry, it's Irish, I think, which is shameful, because I am Irish. Anyway, so, uh, Obviously, Laura does not seem to be thrilled about this. She goes home, you see her straightening some books, and in one of the more effective scenes in the film, she sits at the kitchen table and she's rummaging through a purse, pulls out a gun, and boom, blows her head off. Um, I remember seeing this in the theater thinking the sound design was good because it was a loud percussive, but honestly, when I watched this on Hulu, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's my headphones or what, but it just, it didn't sound that loud, and I had it up pretty high, so I don't know if that's a mixing thing. I don't know if that's my headphones. Who knows? Could just be that I knew it was coming. Uh, listeners, that is another problem with this film. It does not hold up on a rewatch. Like, not. It just doesn't. There's this twist, and this is skipping ahead, but I'm just gonna say it. There's this twist where it turns out these kids they find out that Richard's new wife, uh, Riley, used to be in a Doomsday cult, a Christian cult. So they find out that Grace was in this Christian cult, and this is another effective scene. It's sort of a found footage thing. They're going through archival footage of this Christian cult. It's it's sort of they do sort of like a Heaven's Gate type of thing where uh, they I, I'm sure they drink some sort of poison. Uh, they put this purple kind of robe over their heads, and they put, with duct tape, they write the word sin on the duct tape, put it over their mouths. I thought, aesthetically, that's great. I love the look of this. It's just uh, this fucking twist, man. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to it. So anyway, the the general plot is basically these two kids, their dad, Richard, is, says, we're going to stay at this cabin uh, for Christmas. But I can't go because I have to work. But I'm gonna leave you with who's the with Grace. You know who's gonna be your stepmom, or maybe they already got married. I can't remember. But anyway, the plan is he's gonna leave his kids with Grace because he's, you know, obviously in love with Grace. Um, that is one issue I have with this movie, especially on a second watch. Ah, Richard, just he just seems like the worst. Um. But also just like not, I mean, irresponsible, I guess, which is fair because kids also end up being fairly irresponsible as well. So maybe that makes sense, but I don't know. There's a lot of logic gaps with this movie. They get to the cabin. The first couple days, Richard's there along with Grace and the kids. There is one incident that's effective where they're out on the ice. They're ice skating. Grace goes to try to save, um, uh, Mia. She has this doll it looks like her mom, and it's near this fishing hole, so uh, Grace tries to get the doll from the hole, the ice cracks, and she falls in. This is, you know, tense. It's fairly good. But anyway, eventually, uh, Richard leaves for work, and he leaves the kids. Now, here is the problem with especially a rewatch of this film, and I'm just going to say The twist is that these kids are basically, call it a really mean-spirited prank, call it gaslighting, they are basically trying to drive it it seems like trying to drive grace crazy what they end up doing is and here's another suspension of disbelief thing i can't i just can't do it there's so many steps to this elaborate gaslighting some of it i think maybe they could have done but a lot of it it's just so involved i don't know but it, it's stuff like oh my god this is i'm not even kidding it's basically. One of them claims they're cold, so they bring out the, the gas heater. They pretend uh, to all fall asleep. I think they drug Grace with inner tea, with sleeping pills, so that when they wake up, or rather when Grace wakes up, they can get rid of all the food, get rid of all most of the things in the house, all the Christmas decorations, um, including this very creepy Santa. This little, you know, the little dancing Santas. So Grace is, not only is all the food gone, but all of Grace's medication is gone. We've established that Grace takes a lot of pills. You know, she's a heavy trauma survivor from a Christian death cult. This makes sense. And I forgot to mention, real briefly, uh, Richard shows her where there's a gun in the cabin. A literal fucking Chekhov's gun. So anyway, that the handgun is also in play. It's in a lockbox, but it's in the cabin. Anyway. Um, so her medication's gone, and over the course of the days, these kids just very elaborately gaslight, uh, Grace. They, I'm still unsure, but oh yeah, Grace has a dog as well. Um, one of them uh, must let the dog out, because the dog is gone. I don't know if they planned, if they were hoping the dog would just come right back. The dog ends up freezing to death. Pretty harsh. Wasn't a huge fan, but... That is one thing they do. Uh, Another is they do sort of, like... They play the archival footage of the minister from the Christian death cult, saying, like, repent and all that sort of stuff. And they play it through a speaker. So they can slowly drive Grace sort of crazy. And... They switch the clock on the oven to say it's January 9th. They make fake obituary things. They make a fake obituary photo. All this very elaborate stuff that, especially on a second watch, you're like, when did they have time to do this? Like You would need a SWAT team, like a SEAL Team 6 level of like precision to do a lot of the elaborate gaslighting that they're doing. Including Aiden pretends to, at one point he says, we're dead. This is what they tr- he tries to convince Grace that they're all dead. This is what the obituary, the fake obits, are about. Um, and in one of the more elaborate, frankly kind of stupid things, he pretends to hang himself, but he's actually got a rig. And then he, you know, Grace thinks he's dead. Just kidding, he's not. And he starts talking to her and says, yeah, see? So anyway, long story short, it works a little too well. Uh, it turns out that the dog is actually frozen to death. Grace at one point, and one of my favorite points of the movie, by the way, she leaves to try to go get help, and okay, first of all, with this, there's no way they could have, there's no way they could have, like, gaslit her with this, because she's just walking. She gets turned around, she finds this weird house. She can't get into the house. One thinks it's probably a hallucination. This is really cool. She's, you know, out in the snow, and turned around, and she's brought water, and it's frozen, and she can't get into this house. That is really cool. Again, the look of this film, the framing especially, there's some really great framing and some really great cinematography. The performances are decent as well. It's just, plot-wise, I just don't think it holds up. So anyway, Grace goes back, um, finds that her dog is dead and frozen, and it's around this point where the kids finally are like, okay... This has gone on long enough. They let her know, we, we, this was all fake, we're not dead. Except, their plan sort of backfires on them, because they had shut off the generator, but by having this generator for the cabin be off for so long, it will no longer turn back on, so they have no power, they can't call, they're dead. Uh, The dad, you know, there's this nice intercutting where the dad hasn't been able to get through to them, and he's worried, so he hits the highway. I should add there's also this little dollhouse that, you know, they've done sort of a a mock-up of what they're planning on doing in the cabin, the lodge. So he kind of pieces it together and he hauls ass to try to get to the cabin. They say it's about five or six hours and the mass, the, sorry, the license plates are from Massachusetts, so it's probably a cabin in Maine, maybe upstate New York, who knows. Anyway. Grace is just, this is, we're getting to like the last half hour, last 20 minutes. I do think once the twist is revealed, which does not hold up in any fucking way, once it's revealed, the last 20 minutes are very tense because it's all real. Because it's Grace who is just fully cracked now. Um, There's a really great scene where she takes these logs out of the fire and she kneels on them and is like praying to God to help her to repent and Grace is just walking around with a gun. She finds the kids who have been hiding in the attic. She tells Mia to burn her doll. Beware of false idols. She lights the doll on fire. Oh, the last 20 minutes I do think holds up, especially, yeah, on the second viewing, I thought, okay, yeah, it does hold up. It's actually tense. In a way that the the middle hour just does not. Um, so, skipping ahead, because I'm almost hitting the 20-minute mark on this. So eventually Richard shows up. Uh, Grace is just fully cracked. She hasn't had any of her medication. And she shoots Richard through the head. There's a lot of headshots in this movie. Um, Frankly, it gets repetitive, but anyway. So he's dead, and in a very effective scene, with effective framing and pacing, the kids are outside, and you hear them outside as Grace is slowly descending the stairs, walking over Richard's dead body. But we go outside, and the SUV is trapped in the snowbank. And this brings us to the very end, where... Grace is singing this song that we know that the cult liked to sing, this religious song. And she puts these two pieces of duct tape that say sin on them over the kids' mouths, and we see the gun has a number of bullets in it. And that's the end of the film. Um, again... I was so ready to be like, Brian, you're wrong. This movie's good. Brian is not wrong. This movie is not good. Especially on a rewatch. The first one is cool. First, or the last one is cool. But, and you know, I love the look of it and the atmosphere and the acting. Sound design, I can't say. I don't know if it's any good or not. I think it's okay. Um, But yeah, plot wise, it just really does not hold up. I wish they hadn't done this twist. If they had just made it, She's just a woman who's been through trauma who happens to kind of have a mental break for whatever reason. You know, even if it had been something simple like the kids just stole their meds just to mess with her, and then they lost them or something. I don't know. It's useless to do this kind of stuff, because, you know, I didn't write the movie. But I just don't think the twist works. There. I said it. So anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up. Um, I've been... Shannon Thompson and thank you for listening to the first of hopefully many special feature episodes. Thank you.